Real News. Hello and welcome everyone to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is April 28th, 2020. Uh, May is gone. May, May. Oh, did I say May? Oh, I meant April. Huh. Because May is going to be supersonic. Uh, April went by fast. But May is going to be incredible. See, the one thing about rain, like we said, it cleanses so you can smell the ozone. Right? So here's where we're smelling everything. We're recognizing where the protection lies and where it isn't. We're seeing things as they should be. It's clarity. You know, uh, last night I woke up at some point in the middle of the night for whatever reason. And not a, not a good one, of course. And I, you know, kind of tried to stay awake. And how do I stay awake? I'll either get on, uh, you know, Instagram and nosy around. But see, Instagram is more posing. So, uh, you know, for me, I use it for, you know, food porn, pictures of food, recipes. I, I don't use it for much else. I mean, I've tried to get into it, but I can't. So I trolled a little bit of Twitter and I saw Ellen DeGeneres's you know, little tweet. And you know what I loved seeing all these comments from people interacting, being awake and asking the right questions. For me, that was incredible. For me, it made sense as to just how incredible it is to see people on the same page, to see people of this nation come together and say no and say, this is enough. And you are a nobody. But, you know, sometimes giving attention shows that there are somebody, but, you know, they're getting paid with a lot of somebody money and those somebodies are somebodies because we say they're somebody, right? How, how weird is that? It's like, if you know how they say, oh, ignore it, they'll go away. Some of those don't go away when you ignore them. You can suffocate them, you, you know, by, uh, you know, just uh, muting their timelines, muting their information, blocking them, but they're still there because evil... <laughs> Evil has a way of creeping in everywhere. But um, the, the thing that I'm seeing is that there is a lot of people coming together in one collective realization. And this is exactly where we should be. I mean, I wish we were a little bit more ahead, but okay. It's good enough, right? <laughs> and this is all coming at a time that it's necessary People are asking for the truth about the Clinton Foundation. People are asking about the truth about this coronavirus. People are asking about what motivates people. You know, I saw Elon Musk tweet out, oh dear, hospitals get more money if they're treating coronavirus. I was like, dude, Elon, where have you been for a month? We've been talking about it. Like you're kind of a month late for the party. You know, people are starting to come together. We just all have to be synchronized to be on the same page so that our voices are louder in unity. Um, and I say this, uh, you know, because it's really important that we are one loud voice because where we go one, we should go all because if we do, we're louder and we're more effective. So, we're seeing that come through. We're seeing it uh, creep through. Now, before we get into talking about the states, hoping for, <laughs> I shouldn't say hoping, but best way is bankruptcy, right? 
I want to mention that there was a Baltimore detective that was actually murdered just a few days ago. Uh, he was killed by a gunman last week. Um, and it was the day before he was going to testify against a corruption probe that, um, you know, there's a grand jury indictment of specific officers of Baltimore PD, Metro PD, and even the commissioner, Kevin Davis, announced that to the reporters, even though he was kind of trying to say, oh, but his partner wasn't part of that indictment. Are you listening? I want to know why no one is talking about this. I want you to listen to this. Uh, going back to Awan Brothers. <laughs> Let's go that way. Okay. Seth Rich. Okay. Take a listen. Play. I am now aware of Detective Souter's pending federal grand jury testimony surrounding an incident that occurred several years ago with BPD police officers who were federally indicted in March of this year. Whoa. So he was um, so he was taken out by a gunman because he was due to testify federal grand jury. Uh, this is why people don't say, hey, I'm going to be testifying in a federal grand jury ever. They say it maybe after they do it, uh, but not then. So that's an interesting tidbit just so that we put it out. Another interesting tidbit is that uh, two doctors from New York yesterday committed suicide. Uh, one was a female uh, doctor and another one was a male. And the trauma surgeon who committed suicide committed suicide by stabbing himself in the chest. Because every person that's been to medical school knows if you want to commit suicide and not really feel it, what you do is just take a nice little scalpel right by the jugular you bleed out in like a minute you're done you won't even feel it you won't feel pain you won't feel that last breath you're completely out so why would he stab himself in the chest i mean i'm just i i mean it makes absolutely no sense so the question is what did they know so i wanted to drop those two little tidbits uh because i don't want to expand on them yet but i wanted to throw it out there so you can get, but like park that in the back of your mind and remember, oh, okay, those two things are going on as well. Now, we also saw that Attorney General Barr finally made the announcement, what we've been saying and what kind of I wrote about weeks ago saying, oh, you want federal aid and bailout? You're going to have to show us why you need it. Well, <laughs> working that way. Oh, you want to maintain your governor power and keep your, your city or your state closed? Okay. You better make sure you enforce the constitution because there's no footnote saying it doesn't apply in a pandemic. Funny how both of those things are happening right now at the same time. Now, we're going to get into the Russia probe. We're going to get into Flynn. We're going to talk about Roger Stone as well. Um, but what I thought would be good for us to do is, um, revisit, um, who is John Huber? Uh, this was actually a piece done by Utah, um, local television. I just want you guys to meet John Huber. Federal government, but his mission is to protect and serve the people of Utah. He prosecutes those who cross the legal line, be it white-collar crime or something more sinister. Tonight in our Behind the Badge report, how U.S. Attorney John Huber serves and protects Utah. It is a great privilege to stand up in court and say, I represent the United States of America. And as U.S. Attorney, John Huber has done that in dozens of cases. Like last November, when authorities stopped the drug-making business in Cottonwood Heights. We busted 
a massive distributionary out of the basement, 20-something-year-olds who are distributing counterfeit pain pills throughout the nation. As the U.S. Attorney, Hubert has access to federal laws and federal penalties. We take the federal code book that Congress gave us and we enforce it aggressively and judiciously. He says to him, prosecuting criminals is about removing them from society and at the same time protecting society. My partners are working day and night to protect us from drug cartels and drug traffickers and child exploiters and street gang crime. Huber is from Utah and has worked in the state as a prosecutor at some level for about 20 years. While he has a federal title, he says his job is to really work with state law enforcement. I speak to the law-abiding community and say, we're working hard to protect you. And that's our job, and we take great, great pleasure and pride in serving and protecting the community. Heber says one recent case where federal law was applied involved the shooting of a Millard County deputy. When a three-time illegal alien drug dealer guns down Deputy Sheriff Greathouse Fox in Millard County and leaves her to die on the road on a frigid January night, that motivates me. Earlier this year, convicted killer Roberto Roman was sentenced to life plus 80 years. The tools that I have at my disposal offer a significantly higher penalty and more focused approach. While a lot of his work happens in an office 18 floors above Salt Lake City, the 50-year-old prosecutor is quick to recognize the officers, deputies, agents, and troopers who do the dangerous work. These are men and women who put their personal safety at risk to protect us. They're the ones who run towards the danger when we're running away. But he says criminals should also know the U.S. Attorney's Office is right behind them. When you leave the boundaries of law and order, you should know that my partners and I are coming for you. The U.S. Attorney's Office, which covers the District of Utah, has about 50 attorneys working full-time. Huber was appointed by President Obama, reappointed by President Trump. For more on the U.S. Attorney's Office, pass behind the bad stories, and to nominate someone for a future... All right, so there you go. I just wanted to drop that introduction. We're going to revisit that. So can we say June? Okay, let's talk. Let's say June. So I just wanted you guys to have that there. We'll revisit it, like I said. So that was an introduction to who Huber is. Uh, now, in, in other uh, news, aside from just Huber, uh, we need to talk about these cartels hanging out, uh, handing out aid more aid than the Mexican government, just so you understand how equal footing the Mexican government and the cartels have in Mexico, right? They're handing out aid to Mexicans. And the funny thing is, it's like they have Osama bin Laden's face printed on the clear bag that has all this, these supplies and things. And it's like, nothing says freedom than having a terrorist's face right on there. And I'm thinking, why would the cartels have Osama bin Laden bags? Like, this is... Pure insanity. But subliminally, a lot of things happen. They're all nudge, 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 nudge. Uh, possibly maybe to associate that face with uh, kind movements. Who knows? Now, um, 
All of this is going on. We have Russia that finally forced Turkey to break up, um, you know, protests that were happening on the motorway four in Syria, um, helping uh, de-escalate the situation. They were actually forced to do it at that point. Uh, it, it, it's 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 pretty insane. Um, we have to understand that uh, you know there are a lot of things that are happening in the background. Now you guys know that I'm a big fan of Bill Binney's, right? Huge fan. And um, Bill Binney, uh, uh, hopefully I'll have him on the show soon. I know we're going to be doing something somewhere down the line, has been trying to bring attention uh, to the way uh, software that he created in order to scan and crunch uh, massive numbers is being weaponized against people. Now, this is normal. See, they don't hire you or, you know, me or someone else that's great at what they do to create tools or methods to say, oh, we want to use those to control the U.S. population. No, they have you do it and say, like, as they did for Bill Binney, I need you to be able to, you know, we need to, like, diffuse the situation with the USSR, man. Can we, like, and he creates this tool that's supposed to help us. Help us defuse uh, an enemy of the nation and for national security reasons. And then, boom, they use it against you. And this is, <laughs> this is the story of almost every single intelligence official's life as a contractor, as a, you know, paid, you know, where they actually get a pay stub that says national security, uh, you know, or CIA, right? or U.S. Army, or U.S. Navy, right? That's their story. That they create tools that are supposed to help us and protect our nation from foreign enemies, but in turn, they're weaponized against us. And one thing that I've been mentioning a lot is that Alice has nothing on me. And I say this because the quantum internet is something that a lot of people can't seem to grab grasp their, you know, little hands and minds over because it's a, you know, you're, you, what you think of is vast servers that are sitting somewhere underground in Antarctica because it's cheaper to have them there because you don't need so many fans, right? Temper, temp regulation, right? But it's not, it's, it's completely different. And a lot of people want to equate, uh, you know, uh, quantum, uh, you know, uh, computing to, you know, Bill Gates, which is not the case. I mean, uh, no, it's not the case. They want to put it down to solving all problems. Look, quantum computing is necessary for artificial intelligence. Alice is a uh, learning artificial intelligence program. You see it all the time. You shop on a website and you text them. It's an Alice bot. You, you text, uh, you know, any customer care, it's an Alice bot. It learns from your responses. There's actually a place where you could go and voluntarily train it. Do you use Google Translate and you speak two languages and you're just too lazy to, you know, um, you know, uh, do the whole thing manually, like one by one, like I do sometimes? Well, Google asks you to correct it because it's nine times out of ten, it's like super wrong. Um, because you're training it, you're volunteering, you're training Alice. To know you, your file, Joe, is everything you Google, everything you DuckDuckGo, everything you email, every picture you like, every tweet, every gab, every Facebook, every Instagram, everything you do 
falls under your file with Alice and she knows you. I mean, we had this huge AI conversation at the beginning of the year because I said this was very important, very important that we understand where the battle with China is, why this is an issue and why this is going to be an even bigger issue moving forward. I think you all see it now because with, uh, with your profile and your tracking information with these apps that are tracking you and apparently, you know, they don't only track you, but they're Bluetooth and NFC track everyone around you. So anybody that wears AirPods, you know, they'll device information. You came in proximity with this device information. And if they have COVID, which is considered a risk, then they can ask, you know, the phone company to reveal your identity for your safety. Of course, you see where I'm going with this. Now, what people need to understand is, is that, uh, uh, the actual, the actual point of artificial intelligence was supposed to be to make our lives easier. It was supposed to be able to crunch a huge numbers of data in order to make our lives easier because apparently they're difficult right now. Uh, you know, uh, in comparison with what it was a hundred years, it's so easy. It's disgusting. Like hundred years ago, well, or even 200 years ago, even before that, you know, you didn't have way before that you had to go hunting. If you wanted to eat, you had to work for it. <laughs> you had to go. <laughs> <laughs> and hunt, you know, you had to attract the bunny rabbits and catch them. You had to go pick your berries. You had to carry your water. Right now we have it on tap. You know, right now someone else is doing the slaughter for us and we're buying them cleaned and packaged. Yes. I'll buy with hormones and water to make them look sexier, but we're still just being, it's almost instant. It's like almost the Jetsons. Only thing is we're not flying in cars and you can't push a button and have a meal ready, uh, you know, delivered. Well, actually you kind of can with DoorDash and Uber Eats, but it's almost there. So it's like super instant. And I remember as a kid watching the Jetsons, I was like, oh my gosh, how is Mr. Jetson so skinny if he's not doing anything all day? He doesn't have to clean because he has Rosie the robot who, by the way, had emotions, if you remember AI, right? Uh, you know, the wife, Judy Jetson just pushes a button and then dinner's like on a plate, hot and steaming. And it looks like meat and potatoes. Um, they go running on a treadmill floating in the sky with their dog. And I'm just like, that's so boring. Like I never get treadmills. I know when I go to the gym, if I'm on a treadmill, I have to be watching TV to forget that I'm on a treadmill because if I'm on a treadmill, I feel like I'm going nowhere. Honestly, I can't do it. Uh, so, so I'll have to watch something on Netflix that's, um, or, uh, Hulu or, or on demand or Amazon. I watch a lot of stuff, um, in order to stay there. So my thought was like, if life is so simple and so instant without work, I mean, what is the point? Are we trying to get ourselves to a point where, you know, we don't have to do anything. We just have to simply exist. I mean, I think that's the core of what people think is happiness. I mean, think about it. Imagine if you um, woke up one day and you had all the money you wanted, right? Obviously, those of you that, you know, believe that you need like a 10,000 square foot home, three jets and a lot of cars and stuff are going to go out and spend it there, right? But there's a lot of you out there that which would include myself, which would be like, um, all right, so I have no debt. I don't need to work. I've got a bank account with money. I want to strive to do something. Now think, 
if everything's instant, right? And it's like, oh, I'd love that handbag. And then I just push a button and it appears in my house, right? Ooh, I'd love to wear those shoes to go out. Boom. Do I go out to a place to listen to music and have drinks with my friends? Okay. Do I need a bartender? No. Boom. Button. Because everybody has an unlimited like, right? bank account. Think about it. How boring that kind of life would be. I mean, everyone's just going to go out and party and what are you going to indulge in? Sin? Are you going to go, you know, to feel something, you're going to have to cause pain to yourself, right? Pain reminds you that you're alive. And I know it sounds bad saying it because you're just like, I don't want pain, but that actually reminds you you're alive. Uh, Because I can tell you being in one position in my life where I could visibly see I should be screaming right now where I was injured, I just kind of was like not feeling anything. I was like, oh my gosh, can I please hurt so that I know I'm here? I think I was beyond past the hurt point. And as I'm standing there with this with this thing in my abdomen, I'm just like looking at it and I'm like, all right, um, so am I dead? Like, I don't feel anything. And that's where I realized what it means. It doesn't mean that we have to physically have pain, but this is probably why people cut themselves or, you know, why people get into like S&M stuff. It's because they can't feel anything. And it's more, you know, that's something you can feel. They take it to that extreme. So that's what we will have. Like if you make everything way too simple without work, without purpose, then we come to a point of capacity where we feel nothing. And therefore we are nothing. Make sense? Now I'm not saying that technology and evolution is not a good thing, but there should always be that facet of having human component in it, right? Of being part of it. Because once you remove it, you're less human. Even if you are hundred percent human, you're less human. And for those out there that are not as human as you are, they envy the humanity, the, the, the rough around the edges, the, the inability to contain oneself. Because when you get to that point of capacity, you have everything you need that you think you need. You realize that there's no purpose for you even being there because there's no trial, no tribulations, no, um, uh, you know, how do I say? Uh, it's a boring road. I mean, Having, for all of you out there that drive, if you're driving through some place like going from like uh, uh, Louisville, Kentucky to St. Louis, the drive's okay, right? You got, you got to go through Illinois, you got to like, you got turns, you got cars, it's busy, your eye, you know, has stuff, there's turns, there's, but if you're going from Montana to North Dakota, you want to slit your wrists because it's like the same thing for like a hundred miles. As far as you could see, it's the same thing. There's no twists. There's no turns. There's no new looking gas stations or side road places that look like murders have taken place. Some that are nice, you know, it's just dead and tumbleweeds like count. I had counted tumbleweeds with my kids. I'd never seen a tumbleweed in my life until I drove across Montana going across through North Dakota. That was insane. So life needs twists and turns. Life needs some, you know, elbow grease. Why am I saying this? Because I'm seeing a growing trend of taking out the human element. And the reason I say this is, as I was saying, 
you know, everyone's talking about this. Oh, they're going to use you to mine cryptocurrency. Oh, you're going to be, you're already there. But it's just another thing. And the coronavirus is what is setting this up. And I'll explain that um, in the next half hour. I say this because a lot of us love instant gratification. All of us want instant gratification. All of us do. And as an impatient person, I think about it now, it has to have been done yesterday. But in this time where we're at this, uh, you know, whole coronavirus pandemic, oh my gosh, we're all going to die situation, we have companies and the government striving to follow our every move, ensure that we're healthy, right? But we also have to work from home and go to school from home and do things. Now, a lot of people say, well, we voluntarily, no, they won't say it. I'm telling you, you have voluntarily provided all the information needed for that patent that, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, Microsoft patent on mining people. Actually, it's the founders of big, so the people that actually created the investment and the foundation, the OS, the operating system for Bitcoins and cryptocurrency are the ones that filed this patent. Just so you know, they were the inventors. Remember that over the break, because that's important. Forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. 
For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change, that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am, running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District, because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority. So welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. So where I left it is to tell you that you've actually contributed data, obviously not just through, uh, you know, the artificial intelligence systems that we have on our search browsers and social media, but with wearable technology. And that is includes and not limited to smart watches, smart health devices, you know, your AirPods, your phones, your fitness trackers, all that stuff. Because... The way this mining is going to happen is how they're going to track you working at home. This is how it's going to start, guys. They're not just going to say, hey, we're chipping you, and this is how it's going to happen. Because right now, there are test platforms like Upwork and stuff like that where people work remotely. For me, I'm attached to a phone line, so when I bill uh, you know, an agency, an institution, or whatever for my work, uh, they know because I've been on their system using their phone systems or their system for this specific period of time. And obviously, they can detect if I just, you know, I'm on the line doing absolutely nothing or if I'm doing something. Well, now, if you actually read that patent that everyone is talking about, it's not just about you um, being chipped, but working. Okay. And determining the difference between uh, an animal and a human being. And if you're alive or dead and that's so much your metabolism, your heat, because here's how they're going to do it. They're going to put it out, and I'm telling you now, and this is going to be coming very soon to the forefront, of wearing a new wearable technology that will be accustomed to you uh, that can be modified to identify specific work-related uh, repetitive patterns. So if you're in a manufacturing company, rather than have some Gestapo you know, guy walking around saying, ooh, why are you, you know biting your fingers or why are you having a snack, you'll be wearing something or chipped that can detect that at that point you are not packing a box. If you are working from home as a typist, let's say, it'll detect that you're not typing. If you're a cleaner, it can tell where you are, what you're cleaning, and if you're cleaning or sitting and browsing things on your phone. So that is the one aspect. The other one is the vanity that we have.
Uh, you want to work out. This is going to be perfect. It's going to be testing, giving us uh, live results to your app, telling you what your heart rate is, what your metabolism is and how you're working and how effective your workout is. And it'll be telling you if you're doing the workout correctly, are you activating the right muscles? Are you getting where I'm going with this? So as they introduce these products this year to you and to your companies in order to be able to see you and track you because looking at your computer to see if you're playing a video game rather than playing um, and actually working, um, they will be tracking you in different methods. In the end, the currency will be you. Because it'll be who, which company owns most humans that operate and work for them. This is why you will be working to mine cryptocurrency, which means if you want to get credits, remember, Nancy Pelosi already introduced that notion, didn't she? She introduced the credits and not dollars because human beings that she supposedly serves are not worthy of dollars. They are only worthy of credits. This is where you see it coming in. And this is my point to you. Take time, like Mike Pompeo so rightly said, and teach your children to identify these things because they are the next generation. Teach them to understand how incredible this nation is and how everyone is involved in some kind of fakery, replace the A with a U, because they're trying to destroy everything that, that seemed so perfect. You know, guys, I think the sweetest spot the United States ever had was between the forties and the sixties, right? The sweetest spot, the sweetest spot, even though there was insane corruption, they had already started implementing their agenda. It was the sweet spot where there was just enough technology, but just enough human component. And I know we've evolved, right? As a society, as people, and it's actually quite rapid and nobody cocks their head and says, well, wait a minute. And you know, they used to use candles, you know, 150 years ago and in 150 years, look at where we are now. But prior to that, from zero AD until the 1800s, we had no progress. I mean, think about it. You guys, we had no progress for, <laughs> for for 1800 years and what happened somebody rolled out of bed and said let's make progress now i think we need electricity i think we need a phone oh those discoveries all just came together were they ushered in a snowball effect i mean there had to be something right so this is more like a heed understanding that this um quarantine this hijack of your personal information and your privacy, which is the, what is it called? Track tracing BS, right? Oh, we need to see where you've been and who you came in contact with to keep them safe. Safe from what? Something that you said 2 million were going to die from. Something you said you needed billions of all these ventilators and we sent you ships and stuff. You need nothing. And we also need everyone to be tested because we need to see your blood and your, and see if you have an immunity like IgG so we can drain that blood and use it. And, and when the president says we're going to be washing your blood with like, you know, like cleansers, everyone laughed yet. There's an Instagram video of Madonna doing just that, 
just that on her Instagram while her two kids watch while her blood is coming out cleansed and reoxygenated, but it's rubbish. Uh, you know, where they're using light therapy, rubbish. Like I said, they're probably going to be using ice, right? And it's like, but it's rubbish. It's because you're not allowed to have that technology. You're a peasant. Have you seen those dystopia films where everyone's living in containers underground, you know, hardly have a bath eating rats? That's you. And the people sitting in the buildings and the corporations or the Pelosi's and the, and the Jack and the, and the Jake and the Brian's and the, and the Cuomo's with the nipple rings. Those are the ones that are going to be sitting in the towers while you sit there and eat rats. Because you know, what's interesting what, um, if I, you know, I don't remember who did this. I'm going to lie to you. If I tell you, I don't remember which dictator, um, used this example to showcase his power, but there was a dictator, uh, that had, um, made it clear just how you can control people. And the way you do that is by, uh, hurting them, giving them so much pain, so the story goes that he had this live chicken and he plucked feathers from this live chicken, like just started, was it a chicken duck? I don't remember. Just started to pluck them like crazy. And then after he plucked them and, and, and the chicken was bleeding and it was in pain, you know, he threw it far away. Like, get away from me, you bloody chicken or duck, whatever. And Obviously, it was in pain and it, it wasn't feeling good. But immediately, the dude started to toss some, you know, breadcrumbs and corn. And there goes that chicken and duck following him. And that is how easily it is to govern stupid people. Idiots. Idiots. That no matter how much pain you cause them, no matter how hard you make them suffer, no matter how at the brink of death you take them to, as long as you throw them a bone or a crumb every now and then, there they go falling like ducks in line behind you. That is the way the Democratic Party works. That is exactly how it works. Vote for me and I'll throw you a bone. Maybe. If I feel like it. If you're obedient enough. You see? That's the way it is. And so these are the throwing of the bones that we're seeing all the time. This is how we realize where they see you and where they see themselves. The difference between the two. Speaking of the difference between the two, let's, um, let's shift a little bit of gears uh, because, you know, we are starting to investigate the investigators, which is important. Because a lot of people don't think that's important. And we're starting to wake up in regards to how this coronavirus supposedly um, spreads. Apparently, it's uh, harder for kids to get the coronavirus and or spread it, apparently. So I thought I'd play this little clip of Tucker just to tidy up this coronavirus scenario of what the plan really is and what they're deploying. And you know... I've said this many years ago too. North Dakota is a very important state. 
It happens to be the state where they say is the center of North America. Happens to be the state that has one of the most important Air Force bases for defense. Missile silos, you name it. You know, our B-52 bombers that fly out to Iraq fly out from Minot, North Dakota. Agriculture, oil, right? Super important. And that's why they've conditioned their citizens to be obedient, to not question things. Because if they dare question things, the cabal, the local cabal, will just eat them out. You know, the cabal of these random people, fr- you know, that run the state, that were invited to McCain's funeral. I mean, this is how important it is, and no one's paying attention. The state that's piloting an app with federal state tax dollars, possibly, FEMA dollars too, on Twitter right now so that the rest of the world can download this app. They created this app out of thin air within like a day. Governor's like, yeah, I'm getting together with my friend and we're making this. And uh, no, you can't. You're the governor. You can't just hire someone you like. You have to put out a request for proposals, you know, and then, you know, there's got to be guidelines on how you select it. You don't just hang out. Oh, yeah, but it's an emergency. So I don't follow policy when it's an emergency. I'm King Burgum. No. So anyway, we saw King Burgum kind of shift his uh, his flapping of the mouth after the governor meeting yesterday. And with Attorney General Barr coming down hard on the state, suddenly he's like, yeah, we're going to open up restaurants and barbershops, but not schools. Take a listen to, Car- to, to, to my favorite, Tucker Carlson. Here's a physician and researcher from California called Dr. Dan Erickson. Erickson and a partner just delivered a 50-minute briefing on the latest numbers from California. The video they made has been viewed millions of times in a few days online. The bottom line is, after looking carefully at the data, these two researchers have concluded that California should end its shelter-in-place order. Watch. We've seen 1,227 deaths in the state of California with a possible uh, incidence or prevalence of 4.7 million. That means you have a 0.03 chance of dying from COVID-19 in the state of California. 0.03 chance of dying from COVID in the state of California. Is that, does that necessitate sheltering in place? Does that necessitate shutting down medical systems? Does that necessitate people being out of work? These are serious people who've done this for a living for decades. They have in their hands the largest currently available data sets on this question. And the question they're asking after analyzing all of those numbers, are the lockdowns worth it? So what is the answer to that? What's so striking is that so many politicians, the ones enforcing the lockdowns, don't seem at all interested in asking it. Instead, they're bullying forward as if nothing has changed. Just today, the San Francisco Bay Area announced it'll be extending its lockdown until the end of May. That's five weeks from now. What is the scientific justification for doing that? They didn't tell us because there is none, none. You may remember what they first told us back in February and March. They said, we have to take radical steps in order to quote, flatten the curve. Well, six weeks later, we're happy to say that curve has been flattened, but it's likely not because of the lockdowns. The virus just isn't nearly as deadly as we thought it was, all of us, including on this show, everybody thought it was, but it turned out not to be. Hospitals never collapsed. Outside of a tiny number of places, they never came close to collapsing at least not from an influx of infected patients. Instead, something remarkable happened, something amazing, really without parallel in American history. The opposite happened. Thanks to the lockdowns, hospitals have begun 
to collapse. Why? From a lack of patience. Politicians who couldn't pass ninth grade biology decided that practicing physicians should not be allowed to calculate the risk of transmitting the virus. They're just not qualified, unlike us. So these politicians banned so-called non-essential procedures, many of which are in fact essential. The results of this policy? In many hospitals, entire floors have been mothballed. Doctors and nurses are being furloughed in the middle of a pandemic. This is insanity. It weakens our healthcare system. Its effects will last for many years. That's all from the lockdown. So how long will we have to live with these lockdowns? Earlier this month, Dr. Anthony Fauci, whom we are apparently required by law to respect no matter what he says. (laughs) I love him. Suggested that, in fact, we may never be allowed to resume normal life. If back to normal means acting like there never was a coronavirus problem, I don't think that's going to happen until we do have a situation where you can completely protect the population. If you want to get to pre-coronavirus, you know, that might not ever happen in the sense of the, the fact that the threat is there. Wow. Hiroshima, right? When we nuke that, you know, it's come back. Uh, just like, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So life came back there, but we're just not going to be able to go back from this. That took less lives than H1N1. Less. Oh, my gosh. Like, are you listening to this? This is where you pull your hair out. And we should tell you that is the same Dr. Fauci. And keep this to yourself, because as noted, it's not allowed to show any skepticism whatsoever. But that's the same Dr. Fauci who also announced that shaking hands, the ancient custom of shaking hands, should be done away with forever. And then a week later told Snapchat that actually it's fine to have sex with strangers you meet on Tinder. That was his epidemiological advice. Other experts on television warned that full-blown lockdowns may be necessary until a vaccine or effective treatments are found. What they didn't mention is that scientists have never produced a single approved vaccine or antiviral drug for any coronavirus. So that could be a while. And that thought seemed to please frequent television guest Zeke Emanuel. Realistically, COVID-19 will be here for the next 18 months or more. We will not be able to return to normalcy until we find a vaccine or effective medications. Is all that economic pain worth trying to stop COVID-19? The truth is, we have no choice. Oh, the truth is we have no choice. Well, here's a handy guide for you in case you watch a lot of television. When a political operative like Zeke Emanuel, someone with a long history of lying, begins a sentence with the phrase, the truth is... You should probably be on guard when he ends that sentence with we have no choice. You should be terrified. And in fact, that's wrong. We have always had a choice. Other countries made different choices from ours. In fact, they're not waiting for a vaccine to open their societies. Why would they do that? There's no precedent for doing that as a scientific matter. For example, we spent millions of dollars and more than a decade trying to find a vaccine for the SARS virus. Scientists never developed one. That's a shame. But did we halt life in the United States in response? We didn't. In fact, you may not even remember that any of that happened. The striking thing is the science has not changed that much since then. 
So science hasn't changed. Nothing's changed. And you know what? It's as if people are angry because you're not, it's like they're calling the report that you're not scared enough. Um, we were, where was I with my daughter? I think we were at Whole Foods and she was like, oh my gosh, mom, can I have these cookies? I was like, of course you can. It's like her favorite cookies, these uh, Tate's cookies that are butter cookies. Um, and she was like, may I, may I? And I said, yeah. So she opens up the thing of cookies in the store as we're going to get food and she grabs a cookie and starts to eat it. And they were like, you can't do that. She's like, my mom's going to pay for it. No, you can't do that. There's coronavirus. She's like, okay, I'm not doing that. I, I thought we were done doing that. And they were like, you don't take this lecturing a 14 year old child. You don't take this seriously. She's like, well, um, I guess I'm not my body, my choice, my body, my choice. I want to die. I'm going to die done. You know, you can wear your gloves and your, your mask. And the Karen was very upset, but, you know, she probably went and it went on deaf ears because we weren't the only ones in the store without scuba gear, you know, looking like we just walked out of, you know, the ICU with a patient that has C. diff. We didn't look like that. There were tons of people that looked like that. We didn't. She was eating her cookie. She was happy and she was walking about just as we've been doing from day one. And so apparently if you're not in panic enough, it's a problem for them. They get upset if you're not scared. They get upset about all of it, all of it. I mean, you're defying orders, you're doing this. And um, actually Tucker Carlson had this one gentleman, um, I'm only going to play the first like minute of it, who in New York is a tailor and decided to, all right, arrest me. I'm opening up my store. Take a listen. Well, for more than a month now, New York has forced, quote, non-essential businesses to close. What are non-essential? <laughs> well, we'll tell you what is essential. Liquor stores are very much essential, according to New York. Everything else pretty much is non-essential. But now some of those non-essential people have decided to defy the city ban. Elliot Rabin owns the Peter Elliott Blue Men's Fashion Boutique in New York, Rabin says that his store is open for business and there's no reason it shouldn't be. Elian Rabin joins us tonight. A very brave man. Mr. Rabin, thanks so much for coming on. Um, to, I'm amazed that you're bold enough to come on and we're grateful for it. Why are you doing this? Well, uh, first of all, just pleasure to be here. Pleasure to chat with you, sir. Thank I came, you. I decided that I did not want anyone to dictate to me and destroy the soul of my business, which is 43 years old. And the soul of my business is my employees. And when I see that liquor stores are an essential business, well, I find that ludicrous. I find that liquor stores can be, frankly, existentially dangerous. So I opened. It's true. With the idea, well, I opened with the idea that I want to protect my people, protect my country. And I'm not, I'm not going to allow someone to dictate to me with something they'd have no idea. So this morning, or this afternoon actually, the police came. They came in, they said, are you open? I said, my door is open. I haven't been in my shop for three weeks. We've been closed. We owe a lot of money to a lot of people. We've applied to every government agency that you could possibly think of. We've got registration numbers and we've heard nothing back. But we did hear that that Shake Shack and uh, Ruth Chris, et cetera, et cetera, and, and uh, the cruise ships are getting money. That's ludicrous. This country's backbone 
of businesses like mine all over our country. I don't find myself being brave. I find myself being reasonable. I find myself having common sense. So my door is open. The rules are posted on the door. We're observing every single rule and regulation that's come down. And they come. Go ahead, sir. Well, I'm just wondering Hello? what happened when the police came. So the, the police asked you, are you open? You said, indeed, I am. And then what, what did I they said. say? Did they give you a ticket? No, sir, they did not. In fact, they looked at me. They said, you're a veteran. I said, yes, I am. I said, thank you for your service. I said, thank you for your service. I am open to clean my store, clean my inventory. And if people want to walk in, they're allowed to walk in. I am not forcing them in. I'm not a hairdresser where I'm close. I'm not a manicurist. I'm not a barber. I'm a retail store and I'm open to the public. And if they want to walk in, I'm not going to stop them from walking in. If they want to buy, I'm not going to stop them. We've maintained our distance and we've avoid, we've obeyed every single rule. But I feel that this country is being dictated to unnecessarily. I think that uh, personally, I'm putting no one in danger. Let me tell you something. If I had a business like that, you know I'd be open from day one. There would be like, I'm sorry, what'd you say? How do you know it's not essential? Why is a liquor store essential? Do you know that I can't? Oh, wait. So um, I um, saw that at the gas station, the automatic, listen to this, the automated car washes are shut down our shutdown is non-essential. So the gas station is open where you can walk in and buy muffins, cookies, gas, your drinks, cigarettes, whatever. But you can't put your car through a car wash because that is against the executive order. And I'm like, well, hold on a second. What? Uh, first of all, you're sitting in your car with closed windows. How is that <laughs> a problem? This is how ridiculous it is. The overuse of this power. They want this power. And the question is why? They need bailouts. They're not going to get the bailouts. We'll talk about that after the break. About these bailouts again because they're coming. They're begging. They're asking. And then we're going to talk about treason. Because treason's on the menu. And Crow is going to be coming for many. General Flynn. That's coming. Like I said. He's going to blow the top off of the abuse of the FBI. So we'll revisit Comey's talk about this whole dossier. We'll revisit a few of those little things and just see how much is getting done and what to expect in May, specifically around the 5th of May, because SCOTUS Gate's going to be popping. I'll see you all in a bit. Welcome back 
to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. All right, so this is the second hour. We're going to talk about <laughs> other stuff other than coronavirus, but we have to mention, uh, you know, the state of Ohio. Governor Mike DeWine is completely insane. Uh, <laughs> Just, it was trending. Responsible restart Ohio. So we've got North Dakota with smart restart. And we've got responsible restart Ohio. So here's what he, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, you have to laugh. Because if you don't laugh, you're just going to want to keel over. Seriously. I mean, it's like, ugh, take their heads and knock them together. Seriously. None of them. It's hollow. All you hear is the rattling. So he says the virus is still out there. It's still killing people. The more we open up and the more contacts you have, no matter how careful you are, cases are to go up, are going to go up. Sorry. This is a balance. Throw the doors open on May 1st would be totally irresponsible. I have an obligation as governor of Ohio to get people back to work and keep them safe. Opening everything up all at once would be consistent, would would not be consistent with keeping people safe. If Ohioans go back to business as usual, the curve is going to go straight back up and more will die. You'll all die. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm trying to balance the harm to the economy with understanding that for business to come back, employees and customers must feel safe. Our responsible restart Ohio plan is the best guarantee that Ohioans will feel safe and they can start going to stores, uh, that there are protections for them, that employees can go back to work knowing their employers have safeguards in place. That's how we get Ohioans back to work. Uh, I'm optimistic about our future and I'm not going to be reckless in this together. Whoa, sounds like stronger together. Stay, stay safe, Ohio. This is Insanity. I mean, the first thing I saw on, uh, you know, the tweet was a crazy guy who was like, oh, my gosh, if you're not going to, like, comply, you know, uh, you know, da, 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 mandatory mask usage. Hey, if it's mandatory, you better be handing that out stuff for free because I don't have a mask and I am wearing a mask. And if you're going to give me a citation for not having a mask, I'm going to say I can't afford one, you know coronavirus. So why don't you give me a mask and then maybe I'll wear it. So mandatory masks. Okay. So now freedom, but mandatory masks. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? I'm not wearing a mask. I'm going to let them cite me and tell me that I am a danger to society because I'm not wearing it. I dare you, DeWine, because I'm going to be walking around wherever I want. I dare any governor that puts that out. I'll walk right down your streets with no mask. In fact, I'll be smoking my cigarettes, walking around. I'll be talking out loud. Maybe I'll even be breathing extra hard. (laughs) Probably because I want to get some exercise. But seriously, no. This is just ridiculous. So for anyone out there in Ohio, I highly recommend go out without a mask. Let's see. What are they going to do? Give you a citation? Arrest you? Arrest you? Great. So then what? Then what? We go to court and I sue you because you want me to wear a mask. You didn't give me for free. And you have to prove that I'm a danger for not wearing a mask. Just because I said so doesn't cover the Constitution. I said so. Well, prove that I'm a danger. 
and then you have a case. So how are they going to prove that every single person is a danger? Remember, I said it all comes down to that. They want you to be afraid of the people around you. The only way they control you is by seeing every individual as a threat. I mean, it's psych 101. Ah, we'll get to that. Let's see how, how effective that is. Now, speaking of, you know, BS and, uh, you know, whatnot, <laughs> All right, let's talk about treasonous stuff and garbage, right? Garbage, garbage, garbage. Um, let's, let's remind ourselves what Comey had said a while back. What, ex- what extent did you brief President Obama on the dossier? I didn't ever brief President Obama on the dossier. I was present during a conversation where uh, Director of National Intelligence briefed it to him as we did to the Gang of Eight and to the President-elect the first week of January. You called the dossier unverified, salacious. Why did you use that to the FISA court to ask for surveillance for Carter Page? Not only use it, but you led with it. A bulk of that FISA application deals with that dossier. Why? Yeah, that's not my recollection, Brett. And I don't know that the FISA application has been released. My recollection was it was part of a broader mosaic of facts that were laid before the FISA judge to obtain a FISA warrant. There was a lot more than the dossier in the FISA application? My recollection was there was a significant amount of additional material about Page and why there was probable cause to believe he was an agent of a foreign power. And the dossier was part of that but was not all of it or a critical part of it, to so my recollection. this intel briefing... To his recollection. His recollection is like, okay, well, I'm just going to lie. These people are trained to lie. Hello. So, like, whatever. So let's listen to what our president told us treason, about this. Treason is punishable by death. You've accused your adversaries of treason. Who specifically are you accusing of treason? Well, I think a number of people, and I think what you look is that they have unsuccessfully tried to take down the wrong person. If you look at Comey, if you look at McCabe, if you look at probably people people higher than that, if you look at Strook, if you look at his lover, Lisa Page, his wonderful lover, the two lovers, they talked openly. You know, they didn't use their private server because they didn't want to get caught. So they used the government server. That was not a good move. Uh, he talked about the insurance policy, just in case Crooked Hillary loses. And that didn't work out too well for them. So you look at them, uh, they want an insurance policy so that should she, for any reason, lose, remember, 100 million to one. Maybe he said 100 million to nothing. But should she lose, we'll have an insurance policy and we'll get this guy out of office. And that's what they said and that's what they meant. That's treason. That's treason. They couldn't win the election. And that's what happened. And that's what's happening right now, because without the treason word, I guess. But that's what's happening now. They don't feel they can win the election. So they're trying to do the thousand stabs. Keep stabbing. Let's have a financial. Let's have. And if you look for 40 million dollars, I would think seriously that Bob Mueller and his group of 18 killers have gone over my taxes. They've gone over my financial statements to a level that nobody has gone over them before. And they were not discussed even. They weren't even discussed or brought up. I have great statements. Okay, what else? It's treason. Death by a thousand cuts. And now, since they sliced and diced as much as they could and they couldn't get President Donald J. Trump to bleed, they're slicing and dicing you. Treason, treason, treason. <sighs> Giving comfort to our enemies. 
The fact that the Democrats are pushing this coronavirus is giving comfort to our enemies, too. I mean, man, if only I could be somewhere in Congress myself, oh, I would have been all over. I would probably be the only person while Congress is closed to be down there and be like, this, this, we're filing this. I'd be just pulling out everything. Um, no, I, I would never be able to. I, I tell you, I don't have the patience. I don't play nice at all. I call people like they are. I mean, someone will say Laura Loomer does too, but she's actually, she's more, she's got more self-control than I do because I know the insurance on them and I'd be flapping and flapping and maybe something that I shouldn't say might come out. So treason folks he was making it abundantly clear it's treason that's what the abundancy clear unlike you know joe biden who considers something called economic intercourse i would i would i would get much more engaged in the world we can't step back if in fact for example we solve the problem in the united states of america and you don't solve it other parts of the world you know what's going to happen we're going to have you're going to have travel bans. You're going to not be able to do have have economic intercourse around the world. There's a lot. Look, economic, when America goes along, economic intercourse. Like, what does that even mean? See, this guy doesn't know what he's saying. But all we know is is that they're all lying and they've committed treason. And now we are investigating the investigators. Let's remind ourselves of this little nice chat on Cavuto about a year ago. Now conducting a criminal investigation in the origins of the Russia investigation should officials who started the Russia probe be worrying. Let's go straight to former assistant U.S. attorney Andrew McCarthy. By the way, I'm David Asman. Good to have you join us here. Uh, Andy, great to see you. Thank you for being here. We have this breaking news that, that really broke overnight that General Flynn, who, of course, pleaded guilty of lying to the FBI, turns out the FBI might have actually manipulated his testimony uh, in a way by P the old familiar sources in the FBI, Peter Strzok and his uh, confidant, uh, Lisa Page. What do you make of all this? Well, you know, this is a very high stakes battle, David. The, um, the problem here for General Flynn is that, you know, he has pled guilty and he, he has told them he basically doesn't want his plea back because if he got his uh, plea back, that would relieve the government of their obligations under the deal and they could prosecute him for anything. So the, the high-stakes strategy that he's employing here is to try to get the court to throw the case out entirely on outrageous government misconduct. Um, and that really requires showing that the government acted in a way that shocks the conscience of the court. And the problem for them, if they win, they could get the whole thing tossed. If they lose... Um, what he's relying on at the sentencing phase is the good will of the prosecutors who are now, you know, being attacked in the motions that he's filing. Right. So, you know, very high stakes strategy. It's very interesting for us who are who want to know what happened in the course of this investigation right. to have all of this potential misconduct revealed. 
how much it'll inure to the benefit of General Flynn remains to be seen. Well, and we don't want to diminish everything he's been through, but but beyond General F- Flynn, you talk about outrageous conduct uh, by by the FBI and other investigators. Uh, I assume, by the way, if they were fiddling with his testimony to make it appear uh, that he was saying something that he didn't, that that's either illegal or it should be, right? Well, yeah, it, it depends on how knowing it was, how extensive it was, whether you could frame it as a civil rights violation or a fraud on the court. Obviously, we don't want to jump ahead of what we know. No. And we should point out that what, what we're getting now or what's being alleged by General Flynn's lawyer, who's sure. a very fine lawyer, uh, but we haven't heard the other side yet. So but, you know, Andy, what we do know develops. is that Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, people who the General Flynn's lawyers say were involved in all this, hated Donald Trump. And they were doing everything possible to prevent him from getting into the White House. And once he was in the White House, to get him out of the White House. So, I mean, we, we know that they had severe biases. We're also beginning to see some very disturbing emails that we hadn't seen before, or texts or emails from Peter Strzok uh, between Strzok and and Lisa Page, one that seems to be indicting an agency, whether that's the CIA, we're not sure, but I'm just going to read one of them to you. And this is from Peter Strzok. It says, I'm beginning to think the agency got info a lot earlier than we thought and hasn't shared it completely with us. It might explain all these weird, seemingly incorrect leads all these media folks have would also highlight agency as a source of some of the leaks. As all of this stuff drips out, it does seem that what what Mr. Durham might be looking into is the degree to which there was collusion, to borrow a phrase, uh, between various agencies of the government in order to get Donald Trump. Ah, but what agency was not on board? That shall be revealed at some point. Uh, you know, uh, that, that will be coming out to light soon. So, um, on that, we've seen that that was from that was from 2019 October. Now, I want you guys to 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 hear me out on this when I say it, uh, because I do get a lot of questions, and I think it's very fitting here. We do know that what we are going through is irregular warfare, like General Flynn had said. And I know a lot of people want to, um, so if you think that the president is communicating with you with other means that are not documented as presidential communications, you do realize that if an authority actually determines that to be so, the president can be impeached, right? So I just wanted to put that out there so that people understand where I'm going with this. If any communications or, you know, the, 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 you know, Q anon, it is, it cannot, it cannot, okay, it cannot be anyone within the White House. It cannot be anyone that is on the cabinet. It cannot be anyone that is officially part of the presidential team because Presidential communications must must be recognized as such according to presidential archives. I just wanted to make that clear, Um, you know, because there is a new, well, no, it's not new. It's been around since 2017, attempt 
by a specific division, obviously, to be able to designate patriots, to be able to designate, um, you know, nationalists, libertarians even, uh, those that do not succumb to the extremism, meaning to um, be infiltrated correctly, to look like uh, extremists, right? There is always an attempt by the media and, you know, a handful of people that abide by that scummish at the top mentality to tie in your communications, your tweets, your video postings, everything as a threat to national security. They've been trying this, obviously, a blind eye to Antifa, of course, uh, because just like Zuckerberg said, you know, we need to remove people that, you know, organize to protest, but not Antifa or ISIS. We need to remove groups that talk about conspiracy theories. And, you know, Mark uh, Zuck, you know, if whatever version of him was online doing this is the ultimate God of understanding uh, what is right for you. He knows best. He knows best. He knows what movement should be allowed and what shouldn't. I just wanted to throw that out. So now, um, having said that, we're going to take a little listen about Michael Flynn's plea and how it was coerced. And this is from Hannity. This is pulling it out. And it's like, and it's as if they're saying something new. We all know what a hot box is. I mean, sometimes it's just the letter saying, here's your voluntary assurance of voluntary compliance in AVC that you're going to sign. It's almost like a plea. You admit to this and we're good. Or it's like, hey, you know, you're not going to admit to this and you're not going to tell us what we want. Well, then... You remember that chocolate bar your kids stole, right? Oh, your kid got sold something on eBay for $25 and the purchaser was from Russia. Ergo, Russian agent. You're like, what are you, insane? It was like a collectible Cabbage Patch Kid card, whatever, whatever it is, right? And they'll do it. And they'll do it. This isn't something new. But it's the first time that it's documented to be done against the general right in front of the public's eyes. This tells you everything you need to know for all those unnamed faceless people that have taken arrows, that have taken bullets for in the name of freedom and for this country. The jury four person in Roger Stone's case, yeah, she had a political bias. She expressed publicly against him, tweeting about her hatred for Trump supporters, Trump and Roger Stone. This is before the trial. And now we know premeditated fraud on the FISA court was even worse than we had been telling you. They knew all along it was Russian information that was fed to Christopher Steele from Russia, knowing it was being paid for by Hillary Clinton. Meanwhile, General Flynn's attorney, Sidney Powell, now believes that new evidence proves that Lieutenant General Michael Flynn was set up and framed by corrupt agents who withheld exculpatory material. She is now asking for this case to be thrown out based on prosecutorial misconduct. Here with more, the co-author of Conviction Machine, Standing Up to the Federal Prosecutorial Abuse, defense attorney for Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, former federal prosecutor Sidney Powell, all right, we now saw with Papadopoulos, we saw with Roger Stone. This is the miscarriage of justice. You've been talking about Brady material. You've been talking about exculpatory evidence. Now we are told we are on the verge of 
release of more documents that will show General Flynn was innocent and was completely set up and framed by the upper echelon of the FBI, that small group of the highest ranking members of the FBI that deliberately set about from at least August 15, 2016 on to catch General Flynn in something and either prosecute him or get him fired. That's what we've alleged all along, and it's proving true with every new document disclosed. So you have the jury four person has a direct bias. I thought we had a right to an impartial jury. I must I must have deluded myself. Uh, Exculpatory evidence withheld in Papadopoulos's case. Looks like General Flynn's case. Looks like all of it. They knew all along it was Russian disinformation and moved forward any everywhere. Can we expect that or read into the hiring of more uh, staff and prosecutors by uh, Prosecutor Durham as a sign that things are ratcheting up for justice? Well, it certainly looks like he's on the right track. And the disclosure of these documents and the advice that more are to come is going to help from all angles. It's the first step toward restoring integrity and credibility to the Department of Justice and the FBI to have this information exposed. The U.S. Attorney, uh, Assistant U.S. Attorney Joyce Lynn Ballantyne, assigned to the case, has advised us since Friday that they're working to re- unredact or redact certain parts of the documents that were filed under seal on Friday so that they can be disclosed publicly either tomorrow or Wednesday. It can't happen soon enough well, from my Is Roger Stone going to go to jail on Thursday? Because he's scheduled a report for jail Thursday. I have no idea. I would certainly hope not. I would think at the very least a court would grant him a stay pending his appeal. Seriously. There are serious issues in his appeal. Well, I will tell you this. My sources are telling me tonight, Sydney, that in fact, the attorney general has seen a lot of this. And when I am told, it was breathtaking revelations. And so please keep us up to speed. That man served his country for 33 years. 33 years. Is this how we treat people that serve their country? He is absolutely innocent. His plea was coerced by lack of information and threat to indict his son that shows in the documents we filed on the public docket Friday. Yeah. And by the way, he's bankrupt. Sidney Powell, keep us up to speed. So I want to ask a question. What about the judge that oversees this case? Because he's mentioned this before that, you know, he was put in the hot box. Has the judge ever said, I want to see what you guys offered him. Have they seen the proffer? Because we've seen all this before. We knew that he was put in a hot box. Did the judge ever ask? This is where it comes down to, first of all, on the FISA warrants, right? We're going to have SCOTUS gate pop right back open, but also on the uh, handling of these cases. This is, this is where the Supreme Court needs to be stepping in. This is where things like how they pick their juries need to be coming in. This is where we need to be investigating the investigators. But no one seems to have any want or need or (laughs) I would say attempt to want to do that. No one is looking into why is no one looking into how they pick the juries? When you see companies like TAC, Dynacore, Clearforce, L3, when you see all these clown machines, right, have contracts with the courts, with high-profile cases, providing the software and support 
to determine the jury pool. And a jury pool like the one for Roger Stone and for the grand juries for Mueller were highly specific. Why has no one spoken up? Why is it that not one person that worked on the Mueller team lifted their head and said, this is wrong? Why hasn't one person in the courthouse, let that be a clerk, let that be a bailiff, let it be anyone to say, this is wrong? A janitor, a clerk, a secretary, uh, anyone. Why have they not come forward? It's just like when people are getting beat up and someone holding the camera. Disgusting. You know, oh, it's the judge's fault. Shut up. So it is the bailiffs and the person that runs the jury pool and the, and the lady that sends off the postcards and the letters. She knows it's a fix. He knows it's a fix. Why aren't they saying anything? Why aren't they saying anything? Cause they're not saying anything. They don't need a job and they don't deserve the pension because sitting in there taking in a federal salary with our tax dollars. I don't care if you're only paid 60, 70 grand a year to send out letters to tell someone that they're needed for jury duty. You should know better when you see travesties like this happening and you say nothing. You are compliant with corruption. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. So I uh, always play specific songs um, because I want you to listen to the lyrics. So I'm going to play this the first time because last time when I played, um, you know, Silent Running back in uh, January, February, not a lot of people were paying attention to the lyrics, more so grooving with the beat. Um, obviously I loathe John Legend, but I need you to listen to the words of this song. Um, you know, sometimes you, uh, use your art as they say, or whatever you are, um, you know, employed to do, uh, to express concern or express, uh, yourself, uh, and, uh, you know, please help, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it's really important that you listen to these words. The lyrics are pretty incredible. Enjoy. What can you buy with the ultimate sacrifice? If you don't believe in me, I have to lie. Oh, I still grieve, remembering what you were like. Now what good is a dream when you dream or die? Some are better than Understood, and they get told to wait. But all of the greatest, greatest of all, were chasing the fading star. Who'll be the 
if your life was just a little day to day And after you're gone, the world stays the same Ooh, Why should you love what you're gonna lose anyway? Oh, I've imagined 100 ways Some are just no good Chasing a fading star. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Because every single person in those courts, every single person at the top echelon of the FBI, clown agencies, and other unnamed agencies that agencies were colluding with, and Peter Strzok didn't like one agency because they were like, oh, maybe that's where we're getting some conflict. Well, Peter Strzok... If Clinton subpoenaed and didn't get it, if Bush subpoenaed and didn't get it, and if Obama subpoenaed and still didn't get it, you're never going to know that agency because that agency don't want to be found. And we can thank Eisenhower for that one. But that's the thing. All of these people marched into the darkness because they're greater than you. They're better than you. That's what they say. They have a bigger microphone than you, bigger platform than you. And you'll be surprised just what someone will do in the name of saving their own skin. Disgusting, isn't it? Kind of like, you know, the person beating up the person on a video doesn't bother me as much as all the people that are caught on camera walking by and doing absolutely nothing. This is fakery. Replace the A with the U. 
This is where we're at. We have society that is so insane that they are willing to just submit for crumbs. Willing to submit to save their own skin, not caring that, you know, if every single person spoke up, if every single person stood up every single time someone was beat up on the street or every single time a judge threw someone in jail because XYZ didn't like them, it wouldn't be happening. But everyone is self, the majority is self-serving. They deserve to be governed rather than be governors of their own roost. Because unfortunately, not everyone is cut with the same cloth of freedom, even though they're born under the cloth of freedom. And that sucks. It really, really sucks. All the Karens out there. I mean, I was just watching while this, you know, music was going on. I was just watching, you know, the responsible restart, you know, responses to this idiot saying, oh, who's saying that you won't comply? You better stay away from me. It's like, boy, I ain't wearing a mask. You can carry your tush right down there. All these people, oh, it's just a mask. Shut up. No, I don't have to. It starts with the mask. And if you don't stand up for that one, then boy. It's kind of like what Laura Loomer said. If people just sit back and say, well, you know, Facebook and Twitter called me dangerous. I'm just going to have to shut up because they've got an army of lawyers. Then they'll just keep doing it. It's only until one person promotes the idea to another person and another person. That's how you make change by communicating and standing together. Because where we go one, we should be going all. So easing restrictions, but forcing you to wear something. What's next? A yellow star saying that you're immune so you don't have to wear a mask. A yellow star saying, oh, I got the vaccine, so I don't have to wear gloves and a mask. Are you kidding? Is this where we're at? But see, it's that self-preservation that people like Comey, like Clapper, like Brennan got away with stuff. I got in a, I was punished for turning around and I didn't even say what I felt, you guys. But, you know, they knew me long enough, so they knew what I was thinking. They knew. <laughs> I mean, they didn't think how I thought. But they knew. Brendan knew. They all knew. I was just like, what the is going on here? And <laughs> I needed to know my place. That's right. So all those people out there saying, well, if a mask is going to keep us healthy and okay, even though it's not virulent, uh, people are not dying. And I've been not practicing that forever. I've hugged homeless people on the street <laughs> that obviously have no mask or have taken a bath and they can't practice washing their hands. And I'm fine. I've touched objects at Walmart, rode a bus, touched everything, and even put my fingers in my mouth while doing all that. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I'm still here with a very compromised immune system and still kicking. So I'm just saying, I, it's not like I meant to, but a lot of us, you know, we put our fingers in our mouth or we scratch our eyes without knowing. Um, you touch your face more than you know, just to say. So here we are at a point where we're being governed. Our rights are taken away. We have the most corrupt people in office right now in the Senate 
and the House. I say Senate because didn't I say just cut the damn check? Because the people are never going to get it. Where is that $600 a week for the contractors? Where is it for the unemployed to help them because they can't work? Where is it for the parents that have to work from home and can't actually work until the school day is done? Like for me, as a parent with kids that's, with a kid that is in school, aside, you know, we take a long lunch break. Yep. So I could do my radio show because other than that, I'm doing history. I'm doing algebra. I'm doing science. And guess what? We're doing civics because this is something that we should be teaching our children. They're living through something historical and need to understand what corruption is. Obviously I don't sit there and talk to my daughter like, well, I kind of do sometimes like I do on the radio because some ideas and some concepts are well, you know what? No, my daughter's way different. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, she has, um, she has grown up way too fast, but on the fact of understanding civics and understanding how she's being groomed in those schools, uh, you know, I'm taking charge on that. But anyway, where is that money? We're not going to see it. Oh, we're going to see it at some point in May when we don't need it. Right. After rent is due and people are out right on the street. And then they'll apply for it and then it'll take a couple weeks to process, you know, states with worse infrastructure like North Dakota have been paying this out since the beginning of April, you know, and once it was passed and put forward and funds released, we're talking what they, they might've been issuing money between the 10th and 15th of April already. Whereas all the other states that have upgraded the systems haven't corruption, 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 corruption. So what are we seeing here? What are we, what are we seeing here? So first of all, We've got General Flynn finally popping the lid on this. But I want to see every gosh, every clerk, the jury selective, the, the, the jury selection committee, right? Those people that, that, that run the program that source it out to these clowns. Why do our courts have contracts with former intelligence officials to run programs for them to pick the jury pool? Jeez, what? is going on. You can't even have a fair jury by your peers. Stone was just that. There wouldn't be one sane American to say, oh yeah, totally got him now because he was like super bad, needs to go to jail. But you know, this pedophile will get, you know, probation, right? For like three months because he touched, you know, an infant. Weirdly. Very invasively. But Roger Stone needs to go to jail because he won't say something so you can remove Trump. Sure, that's the way justice works, right? Those jury people, majority of them work for the intelligence community. The majority of them work for the intelligence community. Okay. Hey. Are they still working? Do they still have contracts? Because they better not have them. They better not have them. This is all going to be coming out now. And SCOTUS gays, like I said, it started right by my birthday, which it did. Because that's when we saw this judge coming out, all of these things, blah, blah, blah. These really corrupt individuals for the jury, all the judges being questions, right? Collier stepping down. John Roberts, you got some fire at your feet, man. 
things are about to go insane. And you know what sucks? We're going to have a stupid funeral in, the, in between. And God forgive me for saying this. Again, I do not like Rocket Man at all. What he complied with, what he allowed to happen, the atrocities, the crimes, the crimes against humanity. Because you think lying, uh, FBI, a corrupt FBI, selling your information, getting your facial recognition, hoarding all your biometrics and pushing them overseas in the hands of private corporations is a big deal. The crimes of the, of human against humanity are what's the big deal. You haven't even seen the bigger picture yet. What you're seeing is the nothing picture right now. The, the actual picture is the picture the glimpse that I saw and I was just like, it was one of those moments where you're like standing there and you're just like, do I go left? Do I go right? Like what is going on here? You get cheer guys. I can describe for you the feeling when I got a glimpse of it. I just couldn't. I self-preservation kicked in. Uh, did anyone see me see this? Did, 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 uh, did, uh, can I be seen? What will happen? Will I be chucked off the side of a boat? What do I do? What do I do? And all you think is all these alarm bells go off and then suddenly it all makes sense. Tick, 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 tick. The dominoes start to fall and you see the whole picture that it was meant to roll out for you. And that is the most terrifying thing. When I tell you that reality, your reality being shattered is a big deal, man, guys, that sent me in a spiral and it made me look at people way differently. I take everyone at a hundred percent, but there is nothing that I, I will never say, you know, a person is not capable of never say it, but I will never treat someone with, they are capable of anything. Does that make sense? And that's a really hard thing to do when you've seen and you understand and you know to your core that these crimes against humanity exist and they are perpetuating and they're still going. And these things that we're seeing, the fact that they're trying to throw General Flynn out into the gulags and Roger Stone and President Trump, you know, Carter Page is just a, it's a fizzle. I'm just saying. George Papadopoulos and anyone else they grabbed already and you didn't hear of. Even Martin Shkreli is victim of this. Believe it or not. He is a victim of this. And I was like, what are you talking about? That guy like up the AIDS medication. Yes, he did. See how relevant it is now with coronavirus. Hello. This is why I've been behind him 100%. Don't listen to the code pinkers, right? This is why he is a victim of political warfare and he's rotting in prison right now. The pharma bro, right? Yet everyone else is at alfalfa parties with their medals hanging out. See, this, this is the atrocities that we see. And, and we see those things and we're like, oh, no, it's bigger than that. It's way bigger than that. So much bigger. And the thing is, how do you drop a concrete block on someone's head without breaking it? Got to tell them to get out of the way so they can see it fall. And I, 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 I believe that President Trump has done a good job doing it. 
but he is surrounded by so many. We just need to unify and be loud together and make noise together because we are louder than them. We are stronger than them because we're the ones in power. So if your state decides to force you to wear a mask, you do you. But the fastest way to stop this from ever happening again is to let him tell me you're arrested or here's a citation for not wearing a mask. That's where you walk into a courthouse and say, violated my civil rights. He called me dangerous and that I had to wear it. And he didn't prove that I was dangerous and I had to wear it. He can't even prove that me wearing it helps the whole situation because they don't even know how it's transmitted. By the way, they are assuming. Okay, because there's people that have had coronavirus, lived in the same house with people, and nobody else got coronavirus. Just saying. So nobody knows how they get coronavirus. We already talked about that. I already told you about that. So we're just going to leave it at that, right? But this is the thing. But what's the bottom line? Here's the bottom line. Camera out another deal. I know you've been very concerned about some of what's been passed already. Um, but with respect to uh, the crackdown saying we're not going to bail out blue states, the Republicans saying that, uh, the Chicago Sun-Times editorial board says this, in the midst of a fiscal crisis that threatens to slide into a second Great Depression, his solution, meaning, meaning Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, would be for states to stiff creditors, fire or reduce the pay of hundreds of thousands of workers slash health care and retirement benefits and cut back on services to the mentally ill, the disabled and the elderly. They're calling him out on this idea of pushing back Again, states asking for financial help. What do you think? Look, I, I think I disagree with every single word uttered by the Chicago Sun-Times there. Everything they said is wrong. Uh, every single characterization that they've pinned on Mitch McConnell is unfair. Look, the fact is, Shannon, that if you take the top five states with the top highest per capita unfunded pension liabilities, they amount to roughly five times the per capita unfunded pension liabilities of the most responsible states. We can't, as a federal government, at the time when we've already appropriated and spent $150 billion helping states specifically deal with the COVID-19 epidemic, we, we can't in that same moment uh, fix another problem that's been years, in fact, decades in the making as a result of decades of mismanagement by democratic, liberal, progressive regimes in various states. We can't suddenly change that and pretend that this is all somehow necessitated by COVID-19. Much as the Chicago Sun-Times okay. might want to pretend otherwise, they're wrong. They are wrong. Why can't you fund your pension? Why can't you fund your mentally ill? Why can't you? Because you're not a good money manager. You've just been getting loans, loans, loans. And we're not going to bail you out. You're going to file for bankruptcy because you don't know how to run your state. People play the lottery in Chicago. And if you win, you get an IOU, you guys. <laughs> so there's no point in buying lottery tickets in Chicago. Like, seriously, they're taxing their, their, their constituents to death, California and Chicago, right? They're taxing them to death and they don't have money and they're demanding a bailout. It's all about money. It's all about them. And this is why the damn Senate should not have let that bill pass and let them manage it through unemployment insurance to pay people. It's disgusting because first they got everybody's names and numbers. They've got all your information. And second, you're going to see it when you don't need it anymore, because by the time you get it, you're going to be paying late fees. You're going to have all these other loans that if you could get, you got, you know, if you don't have someone there to financially support you, you're dead, Like you've got nothing. So what is the point of all this 
here in this in this in this nation aside from the collection of your biometrics aside from a simulation because they're going to repurpose this and they've laid the foundations to pop this in September to kill our elections which should not be done with mail and ballot we should just have you know our uh, general election spread out over days with social distancing to enter and exit to drop our ballot check IDs here's your gloves and your masks if you want to vote because everybody's panicking, let's do the Karen. Maybe even put him in a whole hazmat suit, whatever it is. We're voting in person, period. No mail. And if you're sick, people will come with hazmat suits to your house. We'll go to the, to the, to the actual uh, residential homes of these you know, older people that can't get out and vote. We're going to go there. That's how you deal with it and fix it because this is the foundation of what they want to do. They want to pump this up and put them up. So that is their plan. And how are they going to do it? They need money. Blue state bailout. The ones that had the most victims and got the most money from the CARES Act because everyone was dying of coronavirus, right? And now they want us to bail them out because they can't pay all the things they should have been paying. Are you serious? You're not even paying the people the 600, you know, pandemic assistance money. That's coming from the federal government. What do you mean you're broke? If you're that broke and you can't fund your state unemployment insurance, which has been paid by the employees, you know, you're the problem. So it's time to file for bankruptcy. Okay, super quick. Uh, The speaker's idea that there possibly is a way for the federal government or there should be to guarantee a minimum uh, income. To some Americans, go. Does that yeah, go anywhere? Look, if we want to become a, a Western European style, uh, style socialized democracy, then that is the approach we should take. And the fact is, Shannon, that hurts poor and middle class people. And the fact is that that runs contrary to everything we believe about the limited role of government mm-hmm. uh, and and about the ability that individual citizens need to have to achieve upward economic mobility. If you want a stagnant economy and one in which Uh, Poor and middle class Americans are locked in place and and have artificial barriers put in their way by government, then that's what you should do. Uh, Otherwise, we should stick to free markets. Nancy Pelosi knows better, and she ought to be ashamed of herself for suggesting otherwise. Yeah, she should be. But you know what? We're not going to bail them out. We're going to sit there and we're going to watch them all beg on TV and have, you know, the Chicago Sun and all these other rags that aren't even worthy of being birdcage liners telling you all this rubbish so that you can feel sorry for them and say, oh, no, file for bankruptcy. You deserve that. On that note, remember, clone lives matter. And, you know, just because it looks human doesn't mean it is, huh? (laughs) But they're not all bad, are they? I'll see you guys tomorrow, same time, same place. God bless from all of us here at Red State Talk Radio.